Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Chatting with Chap. I am your host, Ginger Wade, and today we are going to talk about whether or not grades are really necessary. But first of all, I wanted to remind you that uh, we have a testing achievement study going on in coordination with BJU Press. Uh, and we are looking to gather new information on homeschoolers. So if you are a parent who has a child who is required to test this year, or even if you don't have a child that's required to test this year and you want to help us out with our study, I would like you to check it out. I have the link posted here on the video. You can go right out there and sign up to be part of our uh, study. And what, it, what we're doing is gathering information so that we can show uh, that homeschoolers are thriving in the homeschool atmosphere academically. So if you would like to be a part of that, please consider signing up. We would love to have you join our study. Uh, this, this test that I chose to do is happening in May, so I know there's still some dates open. Um, they have some in July, but that won't work because that's past our school year. So uh, if you still have to sign up and you would like to take part, there are testing options open for May. At least when I signed up, there were. Okay, so I also wanted to announce the winner of our giveaway for our 200th episode of Chatting with Chap. Tina Woodcock, you are the winner of two tickets to conventions, so we will be reaching out to you to get that coordinated. So congratulations, and thank you to all of you who took the time to like and comment on my video with Dr. Kathy, and I'm telling you, uh, she's going to share so many good things at conventions. So I'm glad that you listened and that you joined in to our giveaway contest. So on with the topic of the day, are grades necessary? So there's two definitions of grade that we're going to look at today um, when we're talking about school or education. There's different definitions for grade all over, you know, like beef. <laughs> but uh, we're talking about education. So when we're thinking about education, we're thinking about age-related or um, level of learning and performance-related. So first, we're going to tackle the age-related concept. So um, this is where you assign a grade based upon the age of your child, like first grade, fifth grade, you know, my 10th. My child is 10, so they're in fifth grade, uh, this type of thing. So let's think about where this construct came from. Where did grade come from? If we think way back to the dawn of time and people learning at home in different ways with their families, um, they didn't have this concept of grade. So the concept of grade level being at a certain place at a certain age came about uh, during when this public school system was created, even in one-room schoolhouses, they had some sort of way to assess levels. Uh, now in there, in the one-room schoolhouse situation, you would have a different grade or level for each different subject. So you could be in second grade in reading, but in fifth grade in math, they were all over the place. But then the construct for public school has become this grade for all the subjects. This is where you should be at this age. So it was a way to categorize learners, to put them in groupings so that teachers could teach everyone a certain type of information at a certain um, knowledge-based level to keep um, groups of people together in a learning environment. So the problem is within these grades, even if you're a certain age and typically 
a lot of kids can learn a certain thing at that age. Not everybody can. Everybody's at different levels. So even if you're in grade five, you might be at a, a further on or you might not be that far. So it's, just, it's not like everyone's at the same place because not everybody learns at the same level. So uh, there's expectations with grade, obviously. Oh, well, my child's in second grade. They should be reading. Um, my child's in whatever grade. They should be writing essays and, and doing research papers or outlining papers or whatever. There's expectation that comes along with that grade label. This, of course creates the thought of, I'm behind, I'm a struggling learner, I'm a gifted learner, I am not smart. It comes with all these labels or things that tend to hold us back or maybe even cause pride issues, uh, depending what the label is. And um, it's not really true or fair to anyone, right? There's pressure on the child, to live up to the grade level, whether up or down from where they actually are. There's pressure for the parent to teach to the grade level and oh no, what if my child isn't doing that? What if my child is beyond that and, and I'm not keeping up with them? Or my child is behind, you know, as all these different pressures. It creates all this different stress for the moms, for the dads, for the kids. So I wanted to make you guys aware out there that the word grade is really not it's in the homeschool law, but it's not in there in a way that says your child shall be given a particular grade level. So if you look at our affidavit on homeschoolpennsylvania.org, you will see that grade is not even in there. You list your child's name and their age. Now, when the school district gets that, they assume a grade level because they write back to me and say, oh, your child is in this grade. We expect this or whatever. They do make assumptions based on uh, age because that's how they function. That's how the public school functions. In the homeschool law though, the references to grade, there's a reference in the section about evaluating and who can evaluate. It talks about evaluating um, if you have taught children from K through six, or if you've taught children from seven through 12, those are the delineations of elementary and secondary that's where it talks about grade. It talks about grades for testing, um, three, five, and eighth grade, because uh, that, and that, again, those are constructs that they were used to talking about because of the public school system. And our kids fall all over the border there. And I've talked to you about the whole testing thing before. And if you have to test at grade level, go check out one of my testing videos if you don't know the answer to that question. Also, um, at the ninth through 12th grade minimum, course requirements section in the law, it mentions ninth through 12th grade there. But other than that, it does not say that the supervisor needs to assign a grade level or should assign a grade level. Just so you're aware, it's very loosely referred to in, in our law. So uh, it's easy to rely on grade level to find curriculum, or if you need to assign your child a class at co-op or at Sunday school, it's a construct everyone's familiar with. However, if you're talking curriculum too, or even co-op classes, Sunday school, your child might not be where the ch other children who are assigned to that grade are. They might be beyond that. They might not be there yet. It's, it's just this thing. It's a way to group kids. So when you choose curriculum based on grade, just be very careful. 
be very careful of how heavily you rely on that information to guide you in training your children. Okay, because it might not be a good fit. Um, again, think about the one room, one room schoolhouse. You know, if you get this box curriculum where it's, you know, reading, math, science, everything at this level, but your child is a reader way up here, but math down here and science is kind of in between, this box at a certain grade level is not necessarily going to fit where your child is at. So it's just something to keep in mind as we're going along. Um, a different grade for every skill. Of course, that makes juggling what to choose a little more difficult. Doing the a la carte works better in those situations. So uh, it, it's just, it's freeing to work from a concept of where your child is at learning the next thing. What do I do? I just talk, spoke with someone recently. Oh my goodness, I'm coming up to senior high or junior high. And what do I do? And it's like, well, you just do the next thing. You do the next thing. They've learned all this. It's time to go to the next thing. And, you know, it could be all over level wise. I keep doing this type of thing because it's really, those constructs can really be um, handicapping for people. It can be really constricting. So don't let it constrict you. Don't let the experts tell you that your child should be doing this, this, and this. Um, your child will learn as they are ready and able to learn. Okay, so that's the grade level. Let's go on to performance level. It's, it's kind of the same idea. Now the performance level grade is the A, B, C, D, F, whatever you want, you know, whatever. Whatever we got on our report cards when we went to public school, right? Those are performance-based grades. So this construct uh, obviously came with a school too because you needed a way to adjudicate how a child was doing and decide whether or not they could move on to the next thing. Now at this point, it seems to me what I'm hearing is that it's pretty much a useless construct because the grades are inflated and they pass people who are failing anyway. And so it really does no earthly good to have grades. But once upon a time, they did classify children according to whether they were, you know, super smart or not so smart. And um, it, it also creates an unnecessary requirement for you as a homeschool parent. So you know your your child's strengths you know their weaknesses you know where they're struggling you know where they're not struggling i mean what good is a grade going to do you in educating your child really it's not going to do you any good because you know exactly where your child is at uh you know if your child understands a concept or a skill you know if they are ready to move on or not you know if you they learn it kind of good, but you want them to know it better. So you don't need to give them a letter grade on that. You say, let's practice this a little more and then we'll move on. There's no need to label it with a type of uh, letter. So giving it a letter is not going to make them smarter or, or more prepared or, you know, more thoroughly equipped. It's just another thing to add to your to-do list. Uh, I personally do not grade until senior high, and then the only reason I grade is so that I can create a transcript. Transcripts are these handy little things that colleges like to see if they're going to admit your child into a dual enrollment program, or into college, or into a trade school, or to get financial aid, um, or even to get like the cheap uh, insurance deal for your drivers, right? They get the good, the good student discount for good grades. So those are reasons to keep a transcript. So that's why I keep transcripts starting in ninth grade. And I, if my children are taking a class outside of the home, like at co-op or at dual enrollment, and a grade is given by the teachers, I use that grade. That's what I use. I don't assign them some other grade because of 
because I'm a supervisor. I could. I could. Legally, I could. But I don't. And then the stuff I do for me at home, I grade that myself, do, stick it on the transcript. But the only reason I do that is for the transcript purpose. It's not for me to say, well, you know, you got this grade. You know, it doesn't help me in what I'm going to choose for my children. I know where they're at. I know what they struggle with. I know what they feel good about. I don't need the grade to tell me that. So um, parents, grade simply and honestly, when you do get to the point where you're giving your child grades for transcripts, don't inflate it. Don't bell curve it to death. Don't weight it to death. Make it simple. Make it honest. Because truly, if you do some kind of magic and give them your child all A's and B's, and, and then colleges who do look at that, we don't necessarily need it in homeschooling, but they do look at that and they're going to think, oh, this kid's really with it. And they go in there and find out they're not. That's not going to help your student. It's, it's really not. It, it's embarrassing. It's going to make things difficult for them. Don't inflate grades. I knew someone who, until he got to senior high, his mom said, you grade your own papers. And if you don't grade yourself honestly, you're only hurting yourself. Wow. So that takes a lot of courage as a mom to allow your child to do their own grading in that way. Uh, but that could be a very valuable tool in honestly analyzing yourself, right? So you're not going to help by giving inflated grades. So I honestly don't think the grades are necessary before ninth grade. Um, it, it's, you know where they're at. Again, like I said, you heard what I said earlier. It's, it's not going to help them to have a letter beside their class name. So, so where, again, where do grades come from? They're created to assess frequently via testing if a student had learned enough to pass on to the next level. Well, you know that just because you're with them all the time. You don't have 25 kids in your classroom and you don't need an easy way to figure out if you can move on to the next concept or if there's kids who need remedial help or whatever because it's your kid in your home with you. So uh, the, the grades does create this dumb and smart classes and kids and they don't feel intelligent and here's the thing everyone's smart and if you heard me talk with dr kathy last week she last week she talked about the eight great smarts right we all learn in different ways we're smart in different ways we reflect the creator in different ways we're all made in his image so our job as parents is to help our children figure out how they are smart and if they're not word smart or book smart like academics or the the school setup has children all doing, if they're not smart in those ways, they, they don't feel like they can accomplish anything in that framework. But at home, you don't have that framework. They can learn however it is that they want to learn. They can learn in the way that they are smart uh, and they can be encouraged in that. And they should be encouraged in that. So that's what we should do. And your letter grades and your grade levels are not gonna help them do that. So everyone, succeeds and is smart when they are in their wheelhouse. Think about when you're doing something that you are really good at, you're like, yeah, and you could tackle the world. But when you're doing something that you don't feel comfortable in, that is totally new and frustrating to you, you feel totally dumb, right? I mean, I've been there. Your kids are the same way and they all learn in different ways. And I think these constructs put boundaries on us that we don't need the grades. The grades put boundaries on us that we don't need. So don't be chained by the grades. Learn freely. Just do the next thing. Learn the next thing. Or repeat the same thing until the child feels good about it. Okay? Or, or you feel good about where the child is with it. And don't worry about how long it takes. Okay? So 
that's what I had to share about grades. Hopefully it was encouraging to you today. Hopefully it freed you from some of the, some of the expectations that are out there in our current system, which actually is a really new system. I mean, our public education system isn't that old. People learned in completely different ways before that. And uh, somehow the system has totally gripped our way of thinking about education. So let's free ourselves from that and uh, go back to learning in more desire-led ways, I guess we could say. But anyway, enjoy this process of learning and teaching your children. Enjoy this process of learning together as you train your children to follow Christ in all of life. It will be a joy to learn together. And parents out there, if you need to teach something that you don't feel comfortable with, it is your opportunity to grow and you will grow with your child. And as your child sees you learning, that will inspire them to also continue learning. Okay? All right. There's always something to learn. I'm glad you tuned in with me today. I will be back on Thursday and we'll talk a little bit more about convention this week. It'll be conven uh, vendors at convention. And next Tuesday, I will be interviewing Deborah from the Old School House. If you're familiar with the Old School House magazine, she's a senior editor there. And we are going to have a chat to get to know her. She's speaking at convention this year and I'm looking forward to that. So thanks for tuning in today and we will see you next time. Bye now. <laughs>